Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi folks, I'm Tim. I'm Dustin. And this is the last Zompocalypse Now episode before Christmas. Right. We will not be having an episode next week. Right. Because you will be in Texas. I will be in Texas. And I will be in Wichita. You will be in Wichita. And seeing our families. Yes. Who are wonderful people and we love them. Sure we do. We wish all of you at home. We're listening to this. Whatever. A merry happy holiday. If you uh, if you celebrate Christmas, then yes, wish you a merry Christmas. Celebrate Hanukkah. This it's is Hanukkah worth it right now. It is, and um, um, we we you know hope you guys enjoy the holidays. Shabbat whatever you're, shalom, whatever you that. whoever you worship, uh, or if you just enjoy it for the for the family just, and fun. If you're just a materialist. I was raised I was raised materialist, but then we converted. <laughs> What's well, with um, us being off next week okay. and The Walking Dead just having finished its yes. season, or its mid-season, um, remember once upon a time, like, I don't know, a year, two year, five years, whatever it was, there didn't used to be mid-season finales. Right. Anyway. It was, was just like the, the the holidays are coming up and we need a space for Christmas specials to go. And before that, there was also something called reruns. Remember uh, reruns? Yeah. yeah. You got reruns in the summer months. Right. That's what the summer was for, is reruns of the episodes you couldn't watch. Instead of just random shows. Yeah, so that's all gone now. So we, because we like to do this show every week, because this means that Dustin and I have human contact. Human contact, exactly. Which is something that we are both in short supply of. Right. We decided that we were going to watch something else tonight, and we didn't know what we were going to watch, because we're not looking for something that can run... We don't want to overlap with what we're already doing with the with the Walking Dead universe right. because we don't want to start something and then sit there and go, well, we're three episodes in, but the mm-hmm. other shows are back, so we got to stop. Because yeah. uh, we've done that before, and it's really frustrating yeah, for it's us. Yeah, be annoying. Or to, to try and like watch the rest of some show until until they, like it's over, and then like our main shows are being neglected. Right. Or, or we did a little bit. We did a little bit of that with Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had uh, we've we've tried to do stuff with Preacher and other shows, and so it hasn't always worked out. So we thought, you know, with with Christmas coming up, let's something that we can just easily we can either pick up, right, and drop if we're not impressed, or it may not be a huge run. So maybe you know eight episodes or less or something. So we're looking at different things tonight. It was either that or my boyfriend's back because zombies and yes, and, and I haven't seen that movie since probably two thousand five. Yeah, and. I don't know why that got stuck in my head, mostly because I needed something light. <laughs> but it's a zombie movie, it's a comedy. Yeah. Um, and it could be fun. We might, and we... it was all a dream. Spoilers for a movie that's older than what? most of you. Root it for everyone! <laughs> so, anyway, we uh, we may come back to that just because that's fun. And if you haven't seen it, we'll Oh, and, oh and, and when it comes out, when it comes out, I am making you watch the Disney zombie movie. We will take a break from The Walking this Dead. This is like a hostage situation. I will sit and there and you say, you will watch it. You know, please send 
money. They're or rapping. Whatever it is. Rapping zombies. Because this guy is... Who live society. in the ghetto. This is not right. And have green hair. This is wrong. I just see, but now that Disney's gonna buy 20th Century Fox, uh-huh. we're not gonna be able to get away from this. Disney is about to own yeah, welcome all our, entertainment. Welcome our new corporate overlords. I am proud <laughs> to serve my new corporate master. Yes. So anyway, uh, I guess we're going to do this because Dustin is I'm upset obsessed with how bad it's going to be evil it will, I'm, I'm sure we will be obsessed with how bad it's going to be folks if you if you read our early reviews when we were writing them down we've heard a little bit of references about this but if you used to read our reviews we would we would open a lot of times bashing seriously on once upon a time <laughs> and we would hate what we would watch once upon a time before we watched the walk Dead. we had a lot, yeah, a lot of friends over at Dustin friends, yeah you know, everybody would come over and we would we and would, it was insanely yeah. bad. It was, and we were just like, to the point that we were like yelling at the TV at times because mm-hmm. it was so awful. And this, I had the great faith that Disney is going to rise to the occasion and give us once upon time levels of terrible. Well, without I did, even the blessing of Robert Carlyle. Right. I have not. I have not forced you to watch. Um, watch. Uh, Prince, Christmas Prince, which is the new Netflix. Yeah, you have not, and you're not going to. Well, you, it's a Christmas tradition. My family up down in Texas, we watch Hallmark Channel movies. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Uh, and enjoy how bad they are on the Christmas holidays. Uh, and I just love them. And the, here's, here's a real problem, a real problem. Um, for some reason, the cable up in my upstairs bedroom mm-hmm. only gets like six or seven channels. And one of the channels it gets is Hallmark. And so on a regular night when I'm getting ready for bed, I'll like turn on Golden Girls or whatever because it's on Hallmark. Sure, right. Uh, well, now it's Christmas movie season. Mm, right, and yeah. so when I turn on the television and it's on Hallmark, it is the last hour of some saccharine sweet crazy uh, movie oh, no. about Christmas. And I will just watch the end of these Horrible, legit. I have seen three separate movies, three <laughs> separate movies about the construction of a Christmas float. Three of them. The, in the last hour of Hang three on. separate movies about the construction. People of are getting Christmas paid float. for these, Dustin. Yeah. Why are we not making money? Why are we not? Stuff? We know. We know people who work at at Hall. In the the entertainment division, like Bryce, that's are, what Bryce does. We are doing this wrong. Yeah, we're not doing. We're a good broken. Job. We're gonna have to fix this anyway. Um, yay! Terrible holiday movies. Yay! Terrible holiday <laughs> movies. I I tried to get Molly to come over and watch it, and she's like, "Oh yeah, it's so great! I can't wait!" And then she hasn't. So I'm probably is watch this it the one that Netflix sat there and put out the the, the tweet saying, "Who hurt you?" Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Netflix is the is the distributor, right? Uh, and not only that, but they also put out like a thing like anyone who has watched The Christmas Prince more than eight times. Right, they they put it out like you. These people have watched the Christmas Prince. Right, so the, the for those of you who haven't seen the tweet, it was for everyone who's watched the Christmas Prince forty five for the for the people who watched forty five consecutive screenings of the Christmas Prince. 
who hurt you? <laughs> and people were like, how do they know? Or, well, of course, Netflix Netflix tracks all this stuff because they have your, con- your they have your account info. But they, they also, you know, have this recommendation system they want to yeah. pimp, right? But yeah, that, that was really funny. Um, some people were really amused by that. Some people were not. Personally, I laughed very hard, and I'm never going to watch it. Oh, I cannot wait. I am Look, as I'm far as I'm concerned, excited. there are three, well, okay, three and a half Christmas movies. The half is a Charlie Brown Christmas special, because it's mm-hmm, not a movie. Because it's only an hour long. Right. Um, the, uh, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, mm-hmm. which you watch more than once, so you could, you know, and for a lot of different reasons. Mainly uh, the song. Uh, Boris Karloff is, is, of course, made part, mm-hmm. a huge part of that. Um, Scrooged. Oh, yes. Scrooged is a good one. And the ultimate Christmas movie. If you say Die Hard, you have to leave the house. It is Die Hard is the oh ultimate Christmas movie. Why? <laughs> because it's Hans Gruber and violence in L.A. It's great. Mm. Uh, a lot of that, a lot of that comes from my friend Liz and I used to watch all the Die Hard movies together. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we grew up. <laughs> There's a movie starring Alicia Witt mm-hmm. where she, and I can't remember the, the name of it right now, where she plays a down-on-her-luck single mom who's, like, getting by on temping, who gets a job. Hold on. I've temped before. Where is she temping and that as a single mom she can make a living? Where? What city does she live in? Because uh, if it's New York, that's a lie. That's a dirty, filthy yeah, lie. Yeah, it's, um, it's Vancouver. You know it's Vancouver. You uh, can't do that in Vancouver either. But anyway, so she gets a job... As a mall Santa, and not as Mrs. Claus, but as legit mall Santa, with the beard and the big belly and everything. Sure, okay. And uh-huh. Alicia Witt is about as big around as my pinky, mm-hmm. and skinny redhead. If you if you don't know, uh, she was Sybil Shepherd's daughter on Sybil. She was a redhead misanthrope daughter right. on Sybil. None of you know that that's none of you know anything about that. Look her up; she's amazing. Uh, but she does these these Hallmark movies now. So she's playing uh, Mall Santa, and mm-hmm. she's like the best Mall Santa. Okay. But she can't let anyone know that she's not a man because it was like a snafu that she got hired to be Mall Santa in the first place. But she's making good money at it. Also, in her lady form, which is not Mall Santa, she has started romancing the guy who runs the the uh, the shopping mall or the shopping like it's a big it's a big like Woolworth style uh, department store, uh-huh. like a Macy's or something. Mm-hmm. So he's like falling for her, but she's got to keep the secret that she's Santa. A, like under wraps, and it is. I don't even know where to go with this. So, so bad. Oh it's so bad. But oh. every year, whenever I see it on, I'm just like, I have to stop and watch the Alicia Wicks. I will. Movie. I will stick with How the Grinch Stole Christmas, so Scrooge, and Die Hard, and I will They're be so fine. terrible. But so much fun. And they go... The the formula is... Single person... Mm -hmm. Meets... Single... Either single parent... Mm -hmm. Somebody that has a small, adorable Moppet child. Of course. 
who either works too hard or not enough. Sure. So right. so it's this, it's this person who either works too hard or not enough mm-hmm. meets another single who works too hard or not enough but the opposite. Okay, sure. Right, yeah. So so like if you're a young if you're a young single woman on the on the go, you're going to run up, you know, with a corporate job, with a big corporate job, you're going to be paired with uh, the guy who trims Christmas tree, the Christmas tree in the in the town square, right? And who's sure. never really had any kind of real job. Also, is it a job? Is that a yeah, gig? Oh, yeah. Okay. Somebody who survives only on seasonal work. <laughs> Somebody who rolls out of bed on December first is like, well, it's my time. Like, so you're the young single I woman. Want these jobs. So you're the young single oh. woman. Like, you know, why you know, she works too hard and and she runs into the dude who like you know rolls out the garland for the Christmas tree every year. <laughs> and one of them, one of the two, is attached in some way to an adorable child. Not necessarily a parent. But Not attached. necessarily a parent, mm. but you know, there's a child. There's a child involved. Random child <laughs> just wandering around. Yes. Like, Hi. <laughs> in some cases, in these Christmas movies, yes, the child is just like it's little Timmy. Where'd little Timmy come from? He was kidnapped at some point, and they just forgot he was <laughs> no there. No one actually knows the origins of this child. So, so <laughs> then. It never ends up. It all so then so then the couple butts heads until they fall inexplicably in love with each other. Mostly because of the minute count on the on the runtime yeah. is getting close. Um, and it never ends up where the loaf about the one that doesn't have a real job mm-hmm. is like I need to get my shit together and like find you know put in my application at Starbucks finally. It is always the corporate, like the corporate go getter. It's like I, I'm gonna quit my my hard job and go run an antique store with you. These are produced by Hallmark. Yes, the large corporate oh, yes. behemoth, right? Hallmark that owns half of Kansas City. Yeah, okay. As long as as long as we're being clear. <laughs> and so, you know, and. Everyone learns a lesson. Of course. At some point, an authority figure comes to one of them and is like, I wish I would have understood, you know, I wish I would have understood what you, I, uh, like, it's always, it's, uh, so, so either the, you know, like, right before, right before she decides she's going to go and run the antique store with mm-hmm. this person who's never had a full job, time job all his whole life. Of course. Um, the go-gooder's boss will show up. And be like, Kirsty, I I never realized how much you did for this company and how much you sacrificed, and I'm so glad we have you. And I'm gonna, you're perfect to run our Hong Kong office, <laughs> and it's always the Hong Kong office. It's <laughs> always the Hong Kong office, no matter what the job is. <laughs> there's always a Hong Kong office in play. And so she's Universal Sprockets, Hong Kong office. <laughs> and so then, and so then, Kirsty will look at her boss and say, "Mr. Merriweather, I've I never wanted anything more than to go work in Hong Kong for you, but I, I just met Stewie, and he rolls out the tinsel. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in Grover's Corners <laughs> and see if I can't make it work." <laughs> And 
he goes, I understand, Kirsty, and he just exit stage left. <laughs> they kiss under sparkly lights. And the little Timmy runs out and says, Has anyone seen my ball? <laughs> So, folks, um, Dustin has given you a wonderful holiday recommendation, which you may or may not thank him for, um, or blame him for. One of the two, either way. So, yeah. We so, haven't even started even mentioning what we watched tonight. That's true. So, what we decided to do, since we were not to get back on track here, <clears throat> since Walking Dead, is, the Walking Dead uh, shows are away for a while, and we do have this gap here coming up for, for Christmas, um, we thought that we would talk about... Uh, we were just going. We're just going through Netflix, yeah, and and looking at various things. And we came across something that neither one of us had seen before, which is a British show called Residue, mm-hmm. a three episode show. Uh, basically, runtime is what about an hour, an uh, each episode. So, a long feature film, basically. Yeah, and really fantastic cast: um, Natalia Tena, Ewan uh, Rion, mm-hmm. Jamie Draven, uh, Friends drama, and. And these are, uh, f- for those of you who, some of these names are a little familiar. Yeah. Friends Drama is on Legends of Tomorrow. He's on a, he got his break in Attack the Block, a British science fiction film that very, very highly acclaimed. Um, Adrian Schiller, who's been on Doctor Who, Beauty and the Beast, Suffragette, The Mercy, Touch of Frost, uh, Terry Pratchett's going postal, um, uh, Natalie Tenna. Uh, she's got in Game of Thrones. She was in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. She was Tonks. Um, Danny Webb, uh, who's in Alien 3 and Henry Henry VIII. Uh, British actors whose faces you recognize. And Owen Ronan, who was in oh, yeah. uh, uh, The Misfits, and he was in Game of Thrones. Right. And he was just in The Inhumans, which no one watched, thankfully. So his career will hopefully survive. Yes. Because it's just, this is an interesting show. Um, first thing you have to understand is that like many, British horror uh, and British suspense is much slower paced than American. Right. It is a lot about mood and tension. And they did some really interesting stuff with this show. It's set in a British city that is unnamed. They right. don't ever call it name the city. In the near future, it's not London. You look at they keep, they show you the skyline and the layout of the city, and it's definitely not London. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was filmed in London, Hong Kong, and Yorkshire, but it's not an identifiable city layout. Right, and I even said when we were watching it, it's very like a little jarring. Some of the ways that they kind of pieced these cities together because it's almost you can feel it feels like it's not supposed to be. You can feel watching it that it's not the same city. Like they're using several cities as this one city. Well, part of the part of the whole disorienting feel of the show. The basic premise is is that on New Year's Eve, uh, at some point in the near future, mm-hmm. there is a big party. Of course, it's New Year's Eve. Everyone's celebrating, and there's a party in almost the center of the city, a yeah. club in almost the center of the city. And in this, at this party, is a young woman who's mm-hmm. at the party. Uh, she keeps calling her father, saying, "Hey, come get me. I want to." We, you said we were going to yeah. hang out, and they you know, come down. He is. We see him in a car where he's basically d- 
drunken, drinking himself to oblivion. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what the context is of all this. So he's just, he, you can't tell, the, the, the age difference isn't so obvious. You necessarily think yeah. that initially that it is his father. You find out later that she is his daughter. And as he's, she's calling him and she's outside the club, the club blows up. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a, a photojournalist and her boyfriend who are getting ready to make love on, yeah. on New Year's Eve. And as things they are getting, yeah. and so suddenly it, it jumps ahead and you find out basically that it took out a five square mile chunk of the city. Right. Um, between the explosion and the, the exposure to what apparently was yeah. a weapons cache of some yeah, some kind. sort of some sort of government facility exploded and it was underground it was underneath yeah. it had to be underneath the club and so five five a five mile square chunk of the city has been evacuated and sealed off right because there's still something some sort of chemical something happening inside nobody knows what it is they won't the government won't tell anybody what it is and it turns out that uh, it when Rowan, mm-hmm. I'm never gonna say his name right. I feel like I said it. Well, his name. character's name is Jonas. Okay, so Jonas, who's the boyfriend of the of the photojournalist, who is Jennifer. Jennifer Jonas uh, works for the government as a, as like uh, Sir Huckabee Sanders. He's in the he's it's a city government at this point. And look, what's interesting is that you get a sense of there's multiple scales of authority here. You have the police. Mm-hmm. You have the city government, you have the national government. And right. you get you get interactions with all of them in, at least a little bit in this episode. So yeah, Jonas is with the city government. And every time they do a PR thing, he steps forward. He's like, hey guys, this is what it is. And, yeah. and it's generalities, and he's getting a little tired of it. Because he doesn't know anything, he can't tell anybody anything, and he's feeling very... Uh... But his, his part is like super, like... We just talked about Jonas mm-hmm. almost more than he was on actual screen, right? Because his main deal is because he's he's Jennifer's boyfriend is calling her and be like, "Hey, are you coming home ever?" Because she is in the middle of preparing a show, a photo show, where she's gone through the last couple of months and taken pictures of people that were uh, uh, the people of the city who've been affected by this explosion. Because a lot of people have left. A lot of yeah. people have looked at this city and said, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. And I want you to, to give you a sense of the scale here. Every time you see a model of the city, you're looking at something, say... That could have a five-mile chunk blown out of the center of it and not really have a big problem existing. Because it's, you know, it's a big city. Well, and you look at someplace like Kansas City, if you were to take out a five-square-mile mile, five square mile chunk out of the middle of downtown... There'd be no city. <laughs> and we'd be gone. Yeah. Because that would wipe out this house, it would wipe mm-hmm. out my apartment, it would... All that's, you know... And for us to be, you know, for that much of this city to have basically be closed down and sealed off, uh, there are a lot of cities you just couldn't do that. To. Right. So, but the the... A good chunk of the city is leaving. And so the people who are left behind is those. That's the focus of her photos, uh, and some of them are rather disturbing. I mean, mm. one of the things that that British television always does better than American television is they are not concerned with the pretty factor mm-hmm. as much as American TV is. Do not misunderstand. British actors are often very, very attractive, yes. and they're often cast 
you know, with a, with an eye to being appealing to look at. But there's also a tendency in England and British programming um, to look at people and go, but can you act? Mm-hmm. And if you can act, then they don't care what you look like. It's right. like, this is an amazing actor. And this show's got some really cool faces in it. Right. And uh, so as she's going through taking these pictures... Um, one of the, one of the, there's a young couple that she takes a a portrait of with a baby and she kind of transitions from, she is talking to Jonas about this couple and how the man, like his eyes were so haunting and it goes to their house where the baby is sick and she won't stop crying and the guy's kind of losing it and all of a sudden... This, like, black fog or something kind of lands over him. Uh, and he, you know, gets the weird, crazy veins that mm-hmm. you get when you have the black fog land on you. And from personal experience. Yes. And, uh, and he kills his wife and baby. See, downstairs, his, the, I guess her mother? Yeah, somebody. Or a relative is buzzing... You know, hitting the buzzer to come in, in. Yeah. and and he's like, she's like, answer the door, answer the door. And he was not doing it, and so she's sitting there at the door, and then you see the daughter, the the wife, yeah, come crashing down onto the uh, the overhang that the the what is it? What, what, what do you call that? Like a yeah, like a there's like an overhang to the building, and yeah. she crashes on top of that, and and she's dead, and then you find out that he's he's thrown her off the uh, balcony or off the ledge. Mm-hmm. And then strangled the baby, and then had luckily to be sh- they don't show that they had to be shot by the police. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then we finally find out who this guy sitting in the car is. We find out that he's a detective, and he has basically been. <sighs> so this is from this is from the creative team behind Misfits. This yeah, is, this is uh, Alex Garcia Lopez, and. I'm concerned initially with how cliche this detective character is. Right, because he's drunk. He's dr- drunk. He's a drug addict. He's you estranged know. from his, I guess, from his ex-wife and, mm-hmm. and from his daughter. Uh, he was getting back in touch with his daughter, and they were reconnecting. And his ex-wife isn't happy about this. Well, she didn't even know. Right, that's why she's not happy about this. Uh, and so he's, you know, he's brushing his teeth out of a bag in his trunk. Mm-hmm. He's sleeping in his car. I mean, he's he's very much a standard issue. Yeah detective cliche and I really hope they're going to do something else with him and this is just like okay now we're going to subvert this thing right because it's he's like you said I'm so tired of this character (laughs) we're halfway through and it's like I'm so tired of this character yeah because he is very cliche but uh, he ends up showing up at the crime scene and one of the other detectives looks at him and calls him the the, the golden boy or whatever something like that uh, so there's obviously a backstory to the character. Yeah. Uh, but he's also, for all the fact that these people are rude to him, he also sits there and tells him what's happening. He's not, like, shutting him out of the investigation. Mm-hmm. It's a, there's more to this, obviously, how much they're going to dive into it, I don't know. But I really hope they push away from this standard cliche right. thing he's doing. And aside from the fact that he runs into... He's trying to find out more information about this because when we do get the scene where he's con- uh, uh, dealing with his ex-wife, mm-hmm. you know, she the, she's upset because her daughter was even there right. because she was going to meet with her father, and you know, so he, she blames him for his death. She blames him for her death. 
Yes. Get my get my uh, character. And a, num- a number of people blame a number of people for a number of things. Yes. Well, he's trying to figure things out. Well, there's no information coming from the authorities. It's not just uh, you know, Jonas n- not getting information from his own people. Nobody's right. getting this information. And when he gets a re- he contacts a friend of his who's in the federal government. Uh, and they give him information, and it's just a page and page after redacted information. Yeah, and he even says, like, I could have gotten this from my from my department. And his friend is like, you know, you might want to not ask these questions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's better not to know. And he's like, that's not good enough, and he goes, that's what I've got. Mm-hmm. And so then he's going to, you know, he's he's asking his drug dealer for more information. Right. He asks uh, this uh, street guy, uh, who is played by uh, Franz Drema, mm-hmm. um, who shows up as a recurring Willie G, who shows up as a connecting character between the detective and um, Jennifer. Jennifer. And you know if he can find things out, and so clearly he's trying to get answers on a personal level as well as yeah. everything else. Well, the 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 only time he runs into his ex-wife is when she's coming out of the crematorium with their daughter's ashes. Yeah. And she's saying, like, it took three weeks for them to even be able to find her body yeah. in this thing. And, like, and I didn't even know she was coming here to see you. And, you know, it's very, that's very upsetting for him. And and so he wants to know what happened mm-hmm. because his daughter died coming to see him. Well, not only that, but there's this whole sense, um, this... What this show does a really good job of is giving a sense of isolation. Mm-hmm. And there's very little music in this show. Right. There's sound effects. There's noise. And the streets are all empty. Yeah. Because people have been, after the this catastrophe, in the last two months since then, people have been evacuating the city. They've just been leaving. They've been mm-hmm. moving away. And so it's really creepy, you know, like... The Jennifer will be walking down the street. She'll be the only person on the street that you know is usually got yeah, tons of people. And some of it's can be some of it's digital removal, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But there's also just whole bits where you're watch you're sticking with her in a way that it'd be really hard to erase people from yeah. the scenes. Um, and so obviously you can shoot stuff late at night. British, if you've ever been to England, you know that past like ten o'clock at night, except for some really really small areas, towns shut down. Yeah. So, they, obviously, if you're shooting late at night, you can get away with some of that stuff. But at the same time, it's also really eerie. The other thing that's a character in this show is the architecture. Mm-hmm. And we'll get back to Jennifer in a minute because there's more to her story. But if, um, there was a period in the 1960s and 70s, and some starting in the 50s, I think, with the British post-war architectural boom, where they did this terrible, terrible thing, which they built council flats. Mm-hmm. And you see them in, you can, you can see them all over British entertainment, which are these giant apartment towers. Right. And they are the creepiest, most horrible people boxes mm-hmm. that I think um, you're liable to run into. Most, there aren't that many places in America that have There are them. a couple of places, but they, they mm. didn't ever really, they didn't permeate the way they did in England. Yeah. Uh, like Cabrini Green is a famous one. Sure, sure, sure. There's a couple places which, in LA I think yeah. would qualify as well. But they're basically just all there's these apartments are all not really designed with people in mind. Right. It's you know the arc. There's a whole 
architectural argument about whether or not these the people who designed these things ever actually knew humans mm -hmm. because they're not you know you go if you're going to these spaces they just look wrong and you see the there's so many just uh wallpaper choices in this show i'm looking at it going i would go insane if my wallpaper right. was all these ziggity zig lines oh, all yeah. down <clears throat> it's just really it's a very oppressive dynamic and so that when we see that couple with the with a the child they're in one of these blocks, and it was really creepy. Um, but it sort of just adds to this with that isolation. You see these giant places. The people who are staying and the people who are in those, mm -hmm. you know, those uh, flats, these giant blocks of of apartments. Um, so it's kind of an interesting class thing to, to some degree. I don't know if they're going to play with that at all, but yeah. it's just probably not. It's not, but it's it's a thing that you can really just see how it's structured but so jonas is kind of getting the brush off from from jennifer because she's focused on her thing. yeah she's trying to get her show ready and and she's also having a little you know this whole environment of everybody leaving is getting to her too and jonas is not only getting uh and it's not like it's not like she's brushing him yeah off. and he's very understanding it's not a situation so far where he's like you horrible person he's like you're preparing for a show right. i get it i'm not you know and he's he is trying to get stuff done at work but he's also having well he, his attempts to to get yeah. answers at work are being frustrated as well <clears throat> so jennifer decides that she needs to she's exploring these different things and finding out that this person died yeah that these, these family died you know, gets her interaction with uh, Levi, right? Who's the detective? Just a little tiny bit. Like he's she's taking pictures, and he's like, "Are you some sort of creep?" And she's like, "No, I knew these people. I was taking their right. I took their photo." And um, and so then she gets brought to this like underground club that, and it's I don't. It's really weird. The visual. Of the opening thing, where basically uh, her friend Willie G leads her, got her to the connection here, and takes mm -hmm. her to this thing and uh, these, this building, and the doors roll back, and there's a guy standing there in uh, yeah in like a pig mask, and not I, like it, okay <laughs> when I saw that I yeah. was like she's gonna be in for some crazy shit like what are we gonna see in yeah, this club yeah. and it was like. People dancing and, like, having public sex. Like, yeah. you know. Now, admittedly, of course, you know, the British are, are known for being... Yeah. You know, but, I, yeah, you know, you're right. It felt really weird. And it was also, like, oddly tame because it was... Yeah. You'd, you'd see nudity, but it mm -hmm. would be just like, and here are a couple of breasts. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a couple having sex over here. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it felt almost clinical in a right. way. But then they get to this thing where you see this row of people... Sitting there, mm -hmm. and they're just sitting there staring ahead. And I'm not everyone wears masks, but she's got her camera out, and I thought that was really odd. Yeah, like they, I don't understand how they would have let like it was crazy wild club, and even even the guy who brings her in is like, this place can get crazy. Like, why did they let her in with a camera in the first place? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there's answers to this stuff. I don't. It's really odd. Mm -hmm. But she's. She's getting ready to take these pictures. She's, she's got these row of people here sitting here, and there's an empty chair. And she's got her camera out, and this woman walks in who's topless. Mm -hmm. And she goes and she sits in the chair. 
And as Jennifer is getting ready to, to take more pictures of this, she sees this woman looking at her. And she glances over, and there's this pretty, young, pretty lady mm-hmm. in the crowd. It's a beautifully framed shot from a cinematography point yeah. of view. So she takes the picture of it because it's a photograph, it looked cool too. And then the girl leaves. And so she's got a succession of shots. She's got her right before, the really nice straight on, mm-hmm. and then a couple afters. And she starts... Um, she's like, I want to go follow her, sure. find out about her. And then we get a succession of flashes of images mm-hmm. where it looks like um, the people who are sitting in the chairs, there's a, there's a, a now serving mm-hmm. digital sign, you know, zero one, zero two, zero three. where it, did it look to you like they were hitting her? Yeah, sure I don't know what on. they were doing. Well, because the first guy that walks up like takes a belt. Yeah. It looks like he had a belt or something, but then they never show what they're doing to her. They're just they give like, you, like, they, the flashes are, like, literally ding, 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 and that's just, I mean, I, it's very odd. And if that's what this club was, then yes, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little, <laughs> I can see how things get a little out of hand, but it was just, it, it's really hard to tell what the club is, is about. Yeah. It may not be important, because what ends up happening is that the girl goes into the bathroom, the girl that, that Jennifer saw. And she's standing there looking into the mirror, and the black stuff, that's residue, which is the titular, titular residue, I guess, mm-hmm. comes into her, and she starts smashing her face into the mirror. And when Jennifer catches up, the girl's standing there, you know, yeah. looking into the broken mirror, and Jennifer comes up and she, she sees the blood on the floor and the glass, and she goes, can I, you know, are you okay, you know? Can you call someone? Would you look at me? And the girl looks at her, or rather, mm-hmm. she turns her, her head towards her. Okay, she's not looking at anything anymore. Yeah, she has cut her own eyes out of her head. And somebody else comes into the bathroom and screams. Scream. And Jennifer, Jennifer does. <laughs> Jennifer does the thing that every I'm telling you guys, every cameraman, every photographer, every cinematographer, you can't help it. The camera came up and she took the picture. Yeah. And right or wrong. I think that, you know, any any of my friends who are cinematographers and photographers sit there and go, yeah. <laughs> I'd feel bad right. that I got the shot. So, um, when, as, as Jennifer goes back and she's looking at this photograph and the other photographs, and she's doing a voiceover segment, which is basically her typing out stuff onto her computer. And it, sometimes it's a little... Uh, so bad. Yeah. No, don't even say it's a little. It's real bad. Yeah, okay, it's, it's, it's a... real bad, and I thought it was bad, and then the words that she is voicing <laughs> over appeared on the screen, and I realized she was typing it, and I was like, oh, no. No, it looks like what, no. she's, it looks like what she's doing is stream of, almost stream of consciousness titling her pictures. Because uh-huh. it ends up, you know, pieces of what she's saying is only what's on the screen. In which case, she does something that some photographers do, which is coming up with really bad titles for her paintings and photographs. So don't mm-hmm. do that, guys. But she notices um, in one of the shots, there's this blurriness behind the girl in the club. Right. Before and, she turns around and goes to the bathroom, she sees... She, right. That's one of the pictures she sees. It doesn't show up in any of the shots, and it could be a lot of different things. But she looks at it and does what a lot of us who have photo editing software do, which is sit there and goes, what is this thing? Do I have to take it out? Can I use the shot? Mm-hmm. You know, can I... And for all the fact this show is set a little bit in the future, 
it's pretty standard. I mean, this is photo editing software that the technology is different. Right. But I could make that effect on a photo, which is kind of cool. So I didn't think it was too crazy. But it was a neat kind of effect that she's sitting there and going in and playing with filters and, and comes up with looks kind of like a person there. I, it looks to me like maybe it was the girl screaming. Yeah. And then she goes and starts looking at some of her other photos. And the photo of the couple with the kid. And off to the side of the guy, there's an image of him kind of screaming. Yeah. And... That's what made me... Because at first I couldn't tell what it was. Mm -hmm. And then she went and found the other picture and looked at it and then went back and looked at the other one. And that's when I was like, then I could see the face. Then I could, like, see her face. And it was like, okay. Interesting. Yeah, so it's... Um, clearly this is stuff connected to the explosion. Right. But what the connections are. You know, the government knows something, but what, the, what does the government know? They're not yeah. telling people. There's a mystery here. So it's a mystery as much as it is a, a you know, something possessing people or doing something that people yeah. cause them to become violent. Um, but it's an interesting show. I thought it was actually, I was entertained. I was curious. Yeah. Um, it's genuinely got some nice, creepy moments, which is kind of cool. Uh, and it's a show, honestly, I hadn't heard of. Right. And I think that's what made us both go, yeah, let's have a look. Well, I think that, you know, certainly there is a huge chunk of foreign entertainment and, you know, just even just British entertainment, you know, mm-hmm. English-speaking entertainment, obviously. Uh, there's other stuff, of course, out in other, other, other countries have stuff as well, but... Uh, British entertainment, we don't get a, we don't get all of it here. Mm-hmm. We don't, certainly there's a lot of programming that we don't get exposed to at all. Um, so this is kind of cool. I don't know. I, I'm interested in coming back to it, actually. Right. So, um, worthwhile. Definitely worth checking out for those of you who want, you know, want to see what we're talking about. Because a lot of it, even with as much as we've given in terms of spoilers, telling you what actually happened, a lot of it is visual. There's right. a lot of, this is this is kind of show you could enjoy even from hearing the synopsis. Um, and mm-hmm. just, if you're, this is, if you like slow burn suspense, I think it works pretty well. Yeah, it's definitely definitely very slow, slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's <laughs> right. I've had a long week, and yeah. so it was a little. There were parts of it where I'm like lying on the couch watching and thinking I should probably sit up. <laughs> you know, but hopefully, maybe in the next episode, the next two episodes will be more action. Well, there will be more action. Well, I think it's probably going to um, just looking at the what brief synopsises there are on. Wikipedia, uh, it looks like there's going to be stuff, uh, things are going to be happening. <laughs> things and things and stuffness. So anyway, um, yeah, check it out. I definitely recommend checking out uh, Residue. You can find it on Netflix. Um, yeah, the British company, um, I'm afraid I don't know the name of the British company. Yes. We'll, uh, we'll get that information for you at some point. Watch the first episode and, and next <coughs> week before Tuesday, watch the second episode. Yeah. And when our podcast comes out, actually no, watch watch the first episode, catch up to, to, up to yourself, and then before, then we're gonna not. There's gonna be no podcast for Christmas, right? No podcasts for Christmas. <laughs> that's another Hallmark movie. Is that what it is? That's, that's there's a Hallmark movie. That's I've, I've come up. It's oh, so no. so little Timmy no. is locked in the basement. He doesn't get a podcast for Christmas. What again? 
<laughs> I'm getting little Timmy constantly locked in the basement. So uh, then, sometime, sometime, if you can, if you can pull yourself away from Hallmark movies, watch the second episode. <clears throat> it is on Netflix, and we'll cover it when we come back. That's right. So, because I think it, it, it's an interesting show. Right. So again, happy holidays to you, folks. We'll be back um, the New Year's Eve weekend. Okay. And uh, and Dustin will yawn again. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. So thank you for listening, folks. We'll be back in two weeks with Zompocalypse Now here on Sci-Fi for Me Radio, iTunes, all the places you can find us. Happy holidays again. Thanks for listening, folks. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Dustin. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio. <laughs>